I do realize the time, and we will, uh, we will certainly move out, but we are also on God's time. Uh, amen. And so, uh, we're here for His time. That's right. We're still in the Old Testament, ain't we? Haggai chapter 2. Many of y'all uh, may remember Haggai chapter 1 just a few weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were in chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be looking at the first nine verses in Haggai 2. Uh, many of y'all are looking at me and you're saying, What are you doing preaching? I thought Ben was going to be preaching tonight. God had other plans. And so uh, pray for Ben. He'll be leading the entire service on Wednesday night. All right? And so you pray for him as he prepares uh, to do that. But uh, that being said, I have no doubt this is where God would have us be tonight. All right? Uh, many of you guys remember uh, the words from chapter 1, Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Well, we're going to get a little bit deeper. We'll recap just a hair to get everybody on track. And then we'll dive into chapter 2. Uh, picking up there, let's read verse 1. In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. Y'all remember we had trouble with that. That's just who that is. All right, governor of Judah. And to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? How do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I have covenanted with, uh, with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not." For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. Saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. I can tell you this, we ought to know who's speaking. Boy, God just has a way of making it clear, don't He? Sometimes we don't get it, but God does, and He makes it clear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father God, I do thank You, God, for this time together, Lord. God, we do not take this for granted. God, we are not here out of habit. God, we're certainly not here out of program, but God, we're here to worship you tonight. God, I pray now that you have prepared hearts, God. God, I pray we have come into your house with an open heart to hear your word. God, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, I pray tonight that you show us it's time to go forward with God. God, I pray we be encouraged tonight. God, realizing who you are. You are God. You have not changed. God, I recognize that tonight. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
Lord, I love you. I thank you and praise you. Ask you now to use these lips. God, use this heart and mind. Use this physical body, every, of every ounce of my being, God, for your honor and for your glory tonight. God, may I not be seen, but you be heard. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Now that you uh, are there, we're going to break this down just a little bit. Let me uh, remind you of where we were in Haggai 1. All right, we'll move. We're going to move out. We're going to get there tonight. Haggai 1. You'll remember the house of the Lord was in ruin. You'll remember that it laid in waste. You may also remember that it needed a lot of work. It needed a lot of work. Instead of the work taking place, everybody had found something else better to do. The things of God didn't matter. The things of God were not at the forefront. And we talked about the the fact that uh, we must all consider our ways, consider what we're doing. If you'll remember, everything was in place for them to rebuild the temple. Everything was made available to them. All they had to do was physically get it done. Physically get it done. At the time, they were not getting it done, but God knows how to get some attention. God knows how to get some attention. And that's exactly what he did speaking through Haggai. Most people do not realize it, but Haggai's ministry was only for, the prophecy part was only four months long. A lot of people would say, what is four months in ministry? Well, it's written down in your Bible. It's written down in the Word of God. Four months time period. Listen, if we don't think that matters to God, you better wake up every little thing that we do. That God calls us to do matters in the kingdom of God. It matters in the work of God. It matters in reaching people. It matters in being right with God where we ought to be doing His work. We know that everything's been in place. They have went to work. Uh, You'll notice that in verse 12, I love those words. The people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. What do I mean by that? They went to work. They went to work on the temple. And now here they are as we open chapter 2. We're in the fall season around October of what a calendar would be up against today's calendar. And they are just finishing up the Feast of the Tabernacle. And they're reflecting back on all God has done and all God has provided for them. And lo and behold, as they're doing the work and one month into the work, what do they have happen? Comparisons start to pop up. I'll say this tonight, going forward and what God uh, has for us outside, number one is not to compare. God does not want us to compare ourselves and our work. I'm just laying this out because we got to grab it. He does not, He does never call us to compare our work to somebody else's work. He does not ask us to compare the work that He's called us to do to the former work. Now, hear me tonight. I thank God for heritage. I will be the first one to shout that down. Praise God, glory to His name. Thank God for our heritage. Thank God for all that He's done. Do you realize if it wouldn't have been faithful saints of God who were sold out to God, we wouldn't have a place to worship tonight? Not at Southside Baptist Church. 
But because of their faithfulness, because of their following God, now tonight we can follow God in this place together. So heritage I love. But what we must not do is compare past. We must not compare other people, certainly other churches and other works. We must go with God in what He's called us to do. Do you realize today there are so many that's looking at the latest thing over here and the latest thing over there. And can I tell you this? It's discouraging. Oh, it's discouraging. What do you mean? Because here they are in Haggai 2... And the people, some of the people who remember Solomon's temple are going back and they're looking at this thing that's being built. Because let's be honest, they did not have the material that was given at the time of Solomon's temple. This thing doesn't have rubies on it. This thing isn't lined with gold like Solomon's temple. Hey, this thing's made out of timber. I mean, could you imagine as it's going up? I mean, compared to Solomon's temple, this thing is nothing. It's nothing. And sometimes in our work, and sometimes, and I'm telling you this now, as we, uh, as we have regathered and ministries are firing up, the first thing that we're going to want to do is compare what was going on before whatever was going on to what is going on now. Hear me if you're a leader. Hear me if you are a layperson. I don't care who you are. Hear me. We are not going to play the comparison game. Because what it does is it brings discouragement. Now, you may say to yourself, Well, preacher, do you expect less than where we were at before? I can tell you now, no, I don't. I expect God to do even more. I expect God to do even greater things than He did before. So don't, under, don't, don't think you know where I'm going, okay? God is asking His people to trust Him. To trust Him. Notice as He gives them the, the command to go and to get their focus right and to consider their ways and get back to His work. Never does He ask them what they have to bring. No, yet God has already provided it all. God has already provided it all. And I, I tell you, here tonight, church, God has provided all that we need. God has provided everything that we need. And going forward, what our new needs will be, because we will have new needs, guess what? God is going to provide them. God is going to provide them. How do you know? Because we see that in Haggai chapter 2. Two, notice this. They've got the... Now, whether it was the older generation or not, it'd be those that remember Solomon's temple, so you can go figure, all right? Doing the comparing. And we find here a people discouraged. How do you know they're discouraged? Because we see how God responds. Notice what the Word says, picking up in verse 2. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of you-know-who, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw the house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel. What do we see God doing? God knows the focus that we need. Hear me. The focus cannot be on what the physical possessions that we have. 
If all we had was one padded pew. Lord, if we didn't have no padded pews. Huh? We would have exactly what we need. You, you hear me today? It's so easy to focus. It's so easy to compare. But God is telling us to go with what He commanded us to go with. We do not need anything more than what God has already provided. And as we have need, God will provide. Listen, this temple matched up nowhere to Solomon's temple. Let me just remind you of some of the things that are not there. Let's focus on for just a moment of discouragement. Because this is what's being brought up that it lacks. Number one, it lacks the Ark of the Covenant. It lacks the Holy Fire. It lacks the Shekinah glory. It lacks the Holy Spirit. Think about it tonight. It lacks. And what do the people naturally do? They focus on what it lacks. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you see the glass half full or half empty? I believe for too many, we, are, we look at the negative of everything. What am I telling you tonight? As ministries fire up, as we go forward, we are going to have challenges. Did everybody hear that? There are going to be challenges that we have to deal with. There are going to be things that we have to walk through. Things that we've got to face. You better believe it. Listen to me. Anytime that God's people are going after God and they're doing what God has commanded them to do, you better believe that the devil's not going to be too far behind trying to discourage the work of the Lord. And that's exactly what we see here. What do you mean? Because in discouragement, guess what? They have stopped. They have slowed down on the temple work. They have, hey, listen to me. And that's, that's where we get so many times when we get uh, negative and we get discouraged. We, we, what do we do? We leave the work that God has called us to do. So what am I telling you tonight? We've got to make sure, church, as the body of Christ, that our focus on the Lord stays our focus on the Lord. It's got to be our focus on the Lord. What does God say about His calling? I want you to notice number one. What does He say in verse 4? Yet now be strong. Be strong. Be strong and work. Boy, what clear words. What clear words could there be? How can they be strong? Well, number one, they are God's people. Can I tell you, as, as God's people, there's no question if we can be strong, we ought to be strong. And we are to work. Hear me today. God did not save you to sit on the sideline. Do I have everybody's attention? God did not save you to sit on the sideline to be a cheerleader with some pom-poms. But He's called you to the work. He's called you to the ministry. We cannot afford. Hear me. You cannot afford as a believer to sit on the sideline. Not when God has called you. When those challenges come, remember God's calling. Be strong and work. What do we see in that? We see in our calling that it is not based on who we are, but it's based on who God is. 
It's based on faithfulness to the call. Hear me, there are plenty of folks that have quit and tucked it in, and they're not, hey, they're not going to work for the Lord. That's the truth of it. And there'll be a day of falling away. It's true. It's true. But we as the body of Christ, if we'll be strong and do the work that God has called us to do, He will bless it. He'll bless it. What does it require? It requires our faithfulness. Our faithfulness. I ask you this, is God faithful to you? I can go ahead and answer you for that. There's never been a time God hasn't been faithful to you. Hey, there's never been a time that God didn't have your best interest at heart. There was never a time God gave up on you. Boy, no matter how you strayed from Him, no matter how you were uh, disobedient to God, yet He still loved you. Yet He loves you now. What am I saying tonight? It ought to be reciprocated. We're to be faithful to God. That's where it begins. Listen, the scoffers will come. Those who, uh, those who want to stone, uh, throw stones will come. Those with opinions will come. But what matters tonight is that we are where God has placed us, doing what God has called us to do. Can I tell you, that's where the blessing of God is. Going with God. Going where God is leading does everybody understand that tonight? Uh, li listen to me. We're talking about the God of glory as they're rebuilding the temple. And yes, it's out of timber. Yes, it looks nothing like the former. But did God ask them to build the former? Hear me tonight. God didn't ask them to build the former. He asked them to build the temple that He asked them to build. And for you and I tonight, the, God, the work that God has called us to do, He's not called the past. He's not called the future. He's called you now to do the work He's called us to do. We cannot lose focus of that. I, I looked this morning at the, the amount of folks that God has, has uh, boy, just brought back and the visitors that God has brought in. And I can tell you this, the opportunity for us as a church body to reach and to minister is great. Let's keep our focus on Christ. Let's keep our focus on the work that He's called us to do. Number two, realize, uh, realize He keeps His word to His people. Even when the work is hard, even when the work is ridiculed, Listen to me, you may not believe in ridicule, you may not believe in a tough time. I'm just telling you, if you don't, you're just going to get run over when it comes. Because everybody has an opinion. And I'm not talking about other members, I'm talking about those outside that door. Huh? But realize, God keeps His word to his people. Notice in verse number 5. According to the word that I covenanted with you. When you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. What is he reminding them of? Praise God he's reminding them of not only his presence. But he's reminding them of his word. 
Hey, listen to me tonight. God does not go back on His Word. God's, God's Word does not change. It is ever the same. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what style comes in or what style goes out or what's popular yesterday or what's popular today. God's Word will not change. And the promises that God has made to His people, those He will do. Oh, that He will do. Oh, God is faithful. Praise God, He is faithful, and He will do and perform His Word. Notice how great and how mighty He is that He's reminding them. Listen, there's nothing to fear when you're in the will of God. There's nothing to fear when God is going with you. There's nothing to fear when you're at the center of God's will. And listen to me, sometimes we find it so hard in our mind to follow what God would have us to do. We are the best at analyzing. We're the best at praying forever. I'm looking around real good. Huh? But are we not? We'll pray for a year when God's already settled what we are to do. Hear me. Just follow what God. If you really, if we want to see the blessings of God, we got to go with God. We've got to go with God. We've got to trust His hand. We've got to trust His faithfulness that He is with us. Notice, uh, notice in verse 6 and 7, and we see really a picture of the great tribulation. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desires of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Do you realize there is a great and glorious day when that final temple will be filled with His glory? What does that have to do? It is the reminder that our time is short to be obedient to God. He's not called us to do today what we want to put off till tomorrow. I believe there are many churches that are dead tonight because they were disobedient to God. Listen to me. God will pull His presence He'll pull His presence. Do you realize tonight God does not have to meet with us? God doesn't have to speak into your heart, but He chooses to. He chooses to. Thanks be to God that He does. Realize He keeps His Word and we have His presence and the promises of it. Notice in verse 4, He uses those words, For I am with you. I am with you. Listen to me, the very things that God calls us to do that we may be on the fence of and not understand and be truthfully scared about. How many of you, God's called you to be out of your comfort zone? God's asked you to do some things that, hey, you're not quite sure about. And what does He say? For I am with you. For I am with you. I would say tonight, allow God to use you where he's called you and he equips the ones he calls you may not see it today you might might not feel it today how many of you has ever felt inadequate like you didn't measure up you didn't even deserve to be able to serve God where he calls you to serve I would say this to you join the club join the club 
That's exactly where our heart ought to be. Praise God for His presence. I think about the things that God is calling us into, church, for this new season. Because it is a season. I think about the opportunities as things have opened back up for us as a church body. Just from the, the uh, boy, from the lips of our, our students, uh, talking with Ben about the fact of F- FCS moving in different areas. And can I tell you, church, we have the great opportunity. And I'm talking about going forward with God. We have the great opportunity to go into probably one of the most godless schools in our county. With the gospel. With the gospel. But you know what? It's going to take us being faithful to God to go in there. It's going to take us, it's going to take us not backing down to anything that might come our way to get the gospel in there. But can I tell you, I truly believe with all of my heart, God move in a mighty way. There could be a revival in that place. You know, I think sometimes we forget that God is still working and God is still moving and God still wants to save people. God still wants to change lives. God still wants to restore homes. My, if I can see God restore marriages, surely, and God restore health, have we not seen that? Then I believe God can restore anything God wants to. Let's not, let's not give up on God. Let's not think God, His hand's shorter because it's not short at all. God, help us that we might see a revival in our kids. God, help us that we see a revival in this place. But do you realize it won't be it being our way or us second-guessing God or us listening to critics, that people who want to compare this, that, or the other? No, it'll be going with God all the way. Going with God all the way. Listen to me. God didn't even owe them the encouragement. Do you understand that tonight? God did not owe them the encouragement, but they're God's people. And when God knows that you're down, God knows that you need the encouragement, He sends it your way. Notice what He says about Himself. Notice what He says about Himself. Verse 8. <laughs> you worried about what you don't have? What does He say? Verse 8. What does He tell them? The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Where do we find in there that God is asking anything out of them other than their obedience? What am I saying tonight? I'm saying that whatever we need, God will provide. God's not looking for us to build something that somebody has down the road or across the street or uh, in some other city. God is asking us to do what He's called us to do right here at Southside Baptist Church. And we have the opportunity... You hear me tonight. We have the opportunity to get on board with what God is doing. If you're breathing tonight, God has given you a gift. Hear me, church. We're talking about going forward with God. 
Not putting it in park. Not sitting in neutral. But driving forward. Driving forward. He reminds them. Number four, he reminds them that he holds all the resources. Thanks be to God. Listen to me. If we ain't got it, God does. If we need it, God's got it and can provide it. Listen, I've, I've had people question. Listen, over the years I've had people question, can we do this, can we do that or the other? How, how are we going to be able to afford to do this or that or the other? If God calls us to it, He will provide for it. The, with what's going on with camp meeting and how that's coming together, hear me, church, I don't know. I do not know. Y'all got it? Y'all ready for this? I do not know how we'll be able to fund any of it. That's crazy, ain't it? It's just radical, isn't it? But I'm going with God. And if we will go with God, guess what? We won't have to count pennies. We won't have to worry about hotel rooms because God will work through His people and it will get done. It'll get done. But see, it's a matter of us stepping out on faith and following Him. They had to get their eyes off the critics. They had to get their eyes off a comparison and place their eyes back on the Lord. Moving forward with God. And I want to tell you this tonight, church. You know this. We see this. There is nothing that could take place in our world that can stop the call of God on this body. Preacher, what in the world are you talking about? We're moving forward. We're going with God. And I don't care what plague comes next. You hear me? Going with God. We do not have time to waste Sitting and waiting, it's going now. I was thinking as I was going back over this passage this afternoon of the very fact that people are still dying and going to hell. You hear me tonight? If we honestly knew how many people died through COVID-19 or whatever you want to call it and went to hell, it would probably blow our mind. And the news flash is they're still there. They're not getting out. They're there for eternity. Folks, we can't wait on tomorrow for the work that God's called us to do today. I think about those, Brother Bill, who are suffering, ready to commit suicide. You realize people are still committing suicide today? You realize that there are people still hurting today who need to hear the love of God? Lost people who need to know that God still loves them and wants to save them? There's no time to wait. Preacher, they're talking about the temple there. Listen, it's the work of God. It's the calling of God upon His people. and We've got a calling to go and tell We've got a calling to do the work that God's called us to do. To be faithful to God. You say, but we're without this one and we're without that one. Trust me, God will raise up what we need. 
God is not going to leave us without. God's not going to leave us in a lurch where, hey, we can't figure it out. It's God's plan. God will provide. I want to ask you this tonight. And we're leaving on conference tomorrow. We're going to head on out. And so guess what? If you don't like it, you can, you can email me or text me or call me, but you won't be able to see me. But I want to ask you to consider this tonight. Sister, if you would come. If you're not serving God right now, why are you not serving God? I'm not asking you that question to point anybody out. What I'm saying is with all the opportunity in the world, God has not called you to just sit. Man, God has not called you. Listen, and it's fun to soak it up. How many people love to soak up the Word? You'll come, hear the preaching, go to Sunday school, hear the teaching, and you love it and you soak it up. But how many of you know we've been called to do more than that? People are waiting on us. God gave them everything they needed to rebuild the temple the way God would have them to do it. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Don't compare. Don't wonder when tough times come as we get fired back up. They're going to come. There's going to be Sunday school classes that probably got one person. You know what I say? Keep teaching. Keep teaching. Keep being faithful. Do the work God has called you to do. I want to ask you this tonight. You say, preacher, it's not my fault that I'm not serving God. I just want to say this tonight. I'm not God. God is God. Amen. And you know your gift. And you know what you're able to do. If you're not following God's calling, I'd ask you tonight, what are you waiting on? What's a good time tonight to make a decision to get busy for God? As he said, the temple is there waiting to be built. God has done all the work. He's just waiting on the faithful to pick up the hammers. Get the work done. How much more, I ask you this tonight, how much more could God provide He's already provided it all. If you would, stand tonight. Simply this, heads bowed and eyes closed. I ask you this, if you're not serving God tonight, won't you come seek His face about it? Preacher, I don't know where God would have me to be. Why don't you ask Him? Boy, He'll tell you. We've got a great work ahead of us. And listen to me, we don't need 15%. God didn't call 15% to do 100% of the work. God called 100% of the church to do 100% of the work of God. What does that mean? It takes all of us. For some of us, that's getting on board. We're where God would have us to be. For others, that's making the decision, hey, I'm ready to go. God, sign me up. Tell me where you want me to go. But I can tell you this, if we don't ever ask Him... We'll never find out. Would you mind God tonight? Brother, if you would, lead us in song. 
Heavenly Father, God, you know our heart, God, tonight. I pray, God, God, that you drive us closer to you. God, draw us closer to you. God, that we wouldn't see problems, complications, comparisons, but God, that we would, God, put our hand to the plow and God, do the work that you've called us to do. Do the work that you've called us to do. God, for the one who's not serving somewhere tonight, God, I, God, certainly, God, you know my heart about this word. God, you planted it there. God, I pray you draw them and show them, God, where they need to be. God, I pray you do it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.